0: Praise God. The Lord bless you. So good to see everyone today. If you're a guest with us, we're so excited you're here with us today, worshiping with us. God bless you. Amen. Amen. A couple of quick things really uh, in that is this Wednesday evening, 6:30. Everybody say 6:30. This Wednesday evening at the Odington Volunteer Fire Department. We're going to be having an Antioch West holiday celebration potluck that's going to take place, 6.30. If you're bringing food, bring the food. If you haven't brought food, bring your food. We're going to have a great fellowship. It's 6.30, so even if you get off work late, you don't have to worry about going to get food. We're going to have great food, great fellowship, a wonderful time celebrating with friends and family. It's Odington Volunteer Fire, via, volunteer fire Department right off 32 and 175, correct? 32 175, right down from Fort Meade. Great location for everybody. If you're not working that evening, I'm encouraging you do whatever you can to be there. We're going to have an awesome exciting, wonderful time of fellowship on that evening. So make sure you you come. If someone's not here today, pass the word. Tell them we want to see them there and we're going to have a great time. I understand all the issues that take place in this area with traffic and all the other craziness that happens. But we'll work around that and again, like you said, you can come in your work clothes. You can come in your smelly clothes. You can just come. We got great food and fellowship and uh, we're excited about what's going on. There's a small group today, uh, so don't forget, and um, we are moving forward. And then on the 16th, not next Sunday, but the following Sunday, the 16th, we're only going to be having one gathering at 11 a.m. It's going to be a fellowship gathering. We're going to have a Uh, some singing and some holiday celebration. We're going to have some Christmas cookies, some Christmas refreshments, some coffee that you don't have to pay for, some hot cocoa, and all kinds of wonderful fellowship and celebrate the season that day. So it's a great time to come. Invite a guest. That's in two weeks. And uh, we have a lot of exciting things. But this week and next week, is regular schedule with Sunday morning, 9.45, 11 a.m., and then small group taking place. And this Wednesday is the potluck. Praise God. Amen. If you love the Lord, would you just say amen? amen. God is good. What an awesome, it, it just feels, I'm just excited. It just feels exciting in here. It's great to know that We don't have to take off time for the holidays that God's still working. And I feel like today that I need to reintroduce myself. I did not realize that it has been a month since I have preached at the 11 a.m. gathering. So it's good to be back in the saddle. Back in the saddle again. Back where a friend is a friend. And I'll stop right there. So I want to go with you. Lord has been literally working on me 24 hours a day. Seven days a week, it seems like the last two weeks on some things in my spirit. I want to share a little bit with that, without, with that you, t- with that with you today. Acts chapter three, verse number one. Before we begin reading with where we are, let's bring you up to speed so you know where we are in the story because I think context is always important when it comes to scripture. We know that Jesus came and was born. A virgin, he was not born on December 25th, so if you bought Jesus a birthday candle on December 25th, you got the wrong day. But Jesus was born, he lived for 33 and a half years, give or take a few, and died on Calvary, was buried for three days, and rose again. He lived for approximately uh, 40 days. And on the 40th day, the book of Acts begins with the ascension of Jesus standing on the mountain as 500 of his followers um, stood before him. And he gave sort of the last commands that Jesus gave while on earth. And he said to them to go to Jerusalem and to tarry or to pray or to wait. Until they received or were endued with power on high because he was going to send back his spirit to uh, fill them with spirit and power, might and authority and all kinds of tremendous things. And so verse number one ends with chapter one, I'm sorry, ends with sort of the list of all that were there. We have all the 12 disciples minus Judas, but we by that time added a, a replacement for Judas. And we have Mary, the mother of Jesus, all kinds of key players that were named and many that were unnamed. And the Bible says in the beginning of Acts chapter 2 that they were praying and uh, that the Spirit of the Lord came into the place where they were praying. It filled the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them clothing tongues like as a fire set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. And after that, there was a noise on the street. There were people that were crowding the streets at that time because it was a the Feast of Weeks, which was a great festival time in Jerusalem. And Peter stood out on the balcony of the upper room and began to preach to the crowd. And uh, at the end of that uh, message, Acts chapter uh, 2, verse 37, they said when they were pricked in their hearts, they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter told them that they needed to repent, which is to change. To be baptized in Jesus' name for the forgiveness of sins. And they would receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Not something that would be to promise a different type of Holy Ghost. But the same Holy Ghost they received. Because God doesn't change, folks. He's the same. The Bible says that the 3,000 that were there that day received the Spirit of God. Just like they did minutes earlier. The Bible says they continued... Steadfastly, verse number 42, in the apostles' doctrine and prayer, fellowship, breaking of bread. And we continue this. And the Bible says that God added to the church daily. Everybody say daily. And then we sort of jump into a story in Acts chapter 3 where we're going to be at today. And the unique part about this is, and you can do some research, but there's no real definitive answer of the time between Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 3. Some scholars say between Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 12, it's a period of about eight years. So it wasn't the next day. It's obvious that there had been some time passed, whether it was a few months or maybe by this time we had gotten into a few years. But Acts chapter 3 gives us a picture of how the church was acting. Now I'm going to read the version like we would read it today. Now Peter and John, verse number 1, went to the temple on Sunday morning to pray and to sing and to hear someone preach. Didn't say that. That's today's version. But the Bible says, now Peter and John went to the temple at the ninth hour. That was about three o'clock in the afternoon. And a certain man. Notice, not just a man, but I love it. Pay attention when the Bible actually points out someone. A certain man. Lame from his mother's womb was carried. Whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful. To ask alms. Everybody say alms. What I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand. And lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankles received strength. So he leaping up stood and walked and entered in the temple. Walking, leaping and praising God. And all. Everybody say all. I love that. All the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who was sitting, begging alms to the, at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now, the central figure of this whole moment is this man who is sitting outside the gate. And the Bible even gives us the name of the gate. It was the gate beautiful. So if you and I were going to go through this beautiful gate... The first thing that we would do, we would enter into the courtyard or the courtyard of women. That was the gate led into the courtyard of women. We would not be getting into the the outer court or the inner court of the holiest holies. But this was leading to all that. So this was a main entrance point in and out of the temple. Where literally hundreds and thousands of people entered into and out of every day. And the central figure was there was a certain man. Meaning it wasn't just his first time there. But obviously he had been there enough that he had started to get a reputation of being the one that was at the gate consistently. Meaning that he had not just had this happen on the day that Peter and John were there. But somehow he had gotten there every day for a while. Because the Bible says it was a certain man. The Bible gives us several clues here that are uh, very interesting. It gives us the first clue and that is he had been dealing with this problem from birth. It was congenial. It was something that he had had from birth. It wasn't something that he had done. It wasn't something that he was done to him. It was something in the way he was born and that's what It happened to him, and that's the way it always always was. And he had become so helpless that he couldn't even get to that place by himself. That the only way for him to get to that place was to be brought to that place. That's how helpless he was. He couldn't even help himself to, to the position where others could help him. And I want you to get the picture of this man because it's really not about the man today because the Lord is going to take this in a different direction. So let's not get caught up on the man. But I want you to get this life that this man had kind of got into living. That literally every day he had to rely on somebody. That was a friend, maybe a brother, maybe a mother, maybe a father, maybe just someone that was passing by. Somewhere along the line, he had to rely on somebody that was willing to pick him up. Now, we don't know how far he had to travel. We don't know if it was a couple of feet or a couple hundred feet or maybe it was the other side of town. But somebody had to be willing to carry him to that place. But notice this. People could carry him, but they had no ability to help him. They knew how to get him to the place where he needed to be, but they had no ability to help him get out of the position he was in. All they knew how to do was get him to a place, but that's all they knew to do. And this man's life had been Encapsulated into one thing. To ask alms. That had become the pinnacle. And the supreme goal. Of his entire life. From now and every day in the future. Was I've got to get there. And I've got to ask alms. And his life. Had been conditioned and brought to the place of an absolute status quo with no help and no hope of changing. If that does it to me or to you sum up in a in a in a first century way the 21st century that you and I live in, I don't know what does. Because the only thing that our world has to offer you is a place to carry you to, to get help, but they can't help. And the place people have gotten to is, you've got to look around to find somebody to pick you up and carry you, because you can't carry yourself, but knowing they can't help you. The only hope you have is to get somewhere where hopefully somebody will just give you a coin. And You get into that attitude and that place and that posture where it's the way it is and it's the way it's always going to be. I won't ask today who's in this room. I won't ask you today how many people you might know today. That that are outside of here today that aren't, that aren't here, but have have resigned their life and have come to the place where this is the way it is, and this is the way it's going to stay, and this is the way it's always going to be. How many of you in here today, when you stop for a moment, and you stop doing this because we don't like to do this, but when you stop and you start projecting life down the road, one week, two weeks, one month, one year, two years, instead of being filled with excitement and faith and going, oh God, I don't know what's ahead, but I'm excited to see, you resign to the fact that my life is going to be spent right where I'm at, and nothing's going to change. Have you been in this place? You can see them in D.C. Baltimore, other places and it tears your heart out, it truly does and I get that there are some that have used it as a scam and some that have perverted the system I get all that and I understand that and I understand the sad part about it is, is that those who have perverted the system has caused people like you and I to think twice before helping, but have you ever seen somebody, if you go down to D.C. and you ride the metro and you get off the metro and you go up one of those long escalators and you get outside, you'll see somebody sitting out there in 20 degree weather with barely anything on because that's all they've got and they sit there with a cup and their head is down because they don't even have any hope to even lift up their head and just by the mereness is, somebody put a coin in my cup. And that's their life. And they resign themselves to the fact that every day they get up, that's gonna be their life, and that's their hope, and that's their dreams, and that's their aspiration. Is just, I've got to get a cup. And most of the time, what's sad, it's not even their cup, they find it the trash. That's the condition this guy was in. And unfortunately, that's the condition our world is in. No, I'm not talking about the literal posture of a cup and asking for alms but I'm talking about we live in a world and there are people in, in this place today not just outside of this place but there are those of you that are in this place today that you have no hope of change and you've resigned yourself to the fact that this is the way it is it's one thing if I can trace my issues back to something that happened it's one thing if I can trace my issues back to something I did. But what happens when you trace your issues back and there's no point of origin? It's just always been this way. When he looked back at his life, he couldn't say, well, I was dropped as a child. Or, or, or maybe I, you know, I, should have, I shouldn't have been, you know. I read the other day, I forgot how many people died last year taking selfies. Really? Because you need that one more follower on social media. You're willing to risk yourself. There was a couple, young couple, not too long ago, I believe it was in Yosemite. Might have been the Grand Canyon. I thought it was Yosemite. Died taking a selfie. Because they were trying to take what, because you know, it's no more. It's not cool anymore just to do the duck face right here.
1: I got to be hanging off a
0: building 30 stories high to take a selfie. Are you kidding me? A selfie's worth dying over? And you see this sort of. Tentacles that are reaching out in our world. And you know what? We get the attitude and there are people that are outside this room and in this room that literally feel like this is the way it's going to be. And you know what? All I have hope for is if I can get enough coins in my cup to make the trip at least somewhat better. If I can get that better job Get an extra coin. If I can get that better wife, an extra coin. If I can get a better husband, extra coin. If my kids would just act better, a coin. If I could just get that new deal, a coin. If I can get a better car, a coin. If I can move from this state to another state, a coin. And that's all we look for, is coins. Because we've been reduced to the fact that this is the way it is always going to be. And what's sad to me, can I stop for a moment and stop ministering and challenge us today with what God's challenging me with? And he won't leave me alone. Ask my wife, it's literally on me 24 hours a day. I wake up in the middle of the night, it's there. I go to bed, it's there. I wake up in the morning, it's there. God did not call the church to put coins in people's cups. And the church has been duped into providing opportunities to bring people into a building just to put coins in your cup. And so now the church has become pop psychology because we want to help you have a better experience with your cup. It is not God's will or my desire as pastor of this congregation forever as long as the Lord sees fit is to make Antiochus another place to come and get a coin, put in your cup. And so what do we do? Churches compete with one another. Who's got the better coins? And we get caught in this idea. If we get better coins, we can get more people. Because we need to fill up their cup. And so we get better coins. Better music, better coins. Better preaching, better coins. Better building, better coins. Better program, better coins. Because that's all we know to do is to get people's cup filled with coins. But our world doesn't need alms. You're not going to leave here today with just a few cups dropped into you from a man with a microphone that's screaming at you and say here's a few cups well that was great because guess what's going to happen in the morning when you wake up you're going to look down at an empty cup and you're going to have to get up in the morning and say i got to find some alms today And you're going to go to work and not even realizing it. You're going to work saying alms, 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 alms. You're going home to your wife and your husband, alms, alms. You're looking at your children, alms. You're looking at your parent, alms. You're on Facebook, alms. Because you need, because you're in a state that this is where you are and you can't get out of this condition. And we as the church are falling asleep at the wheel because we're walking by people and looking down at them. And when we have a power and an anointing and authority to change, we go, here's a coin. Jesus loves you. Here's a coin. Jesus loves you. Here's a coin. Jesus loves you. Come to my church. We got shiny ones. Come to my court. We don't give out pennies. We give out half dollars. It's not about putting coins in your cup today. If you want me to get up here and package something neatly and pretty and eloquently and put it all together and say with scripted narratives and all kinds of beautiful things that I say to you and you go oh that's the oh that's the oh that helps me so that you can go back with some few coins in your cup I can't do that today I'm sorry I can't be satisfied with that with today. It's not my desire to do that. Paul said, I did not come to you with enticing words of man's wisdom. Meaning, I didn't come to you with a sack of coins. But I came to you with demonstration and power. Not with a sack of coins to put in your cup. But I've come with power for you to get rid of your cup. You see the problem here today? If you're in this place, whether this is your first time, and it's not just those of you that are here for the first time. There are many of you that come here every week, and you shine up your cup to come into church so you can raise it up to Jesus and say, God, I need a special one today. And if God doesn't give it to you, you leave out of here going... God, I don't know if I can make it. You know I need some alms. I can't make it. And the whole time, God's saying, I did not put you on this earth for you to sit by a gate and look for others for the coin, but I have a power! Sorry, I'm not going to apologize for my passion today. Because it's all over me. Because I want to see God change lives. I don't want to just drop a few coins in a cup today and pat you on the back and say, God bless you, brother. God bless you, sister. See you next week. But somehow, in demonstration and the power of the Holy Ghost... Somebody in here today has the opportunity to set your cup down and walk away changed. Amen. Amen. Because you see, here's the problem. Here's the crux, ready? Ready? And here's the big issue. And, 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 and Sister Kate was stepping all over the Holy Ghost. I was back there going, preach, preacher. <laughs> Woo! She always always tells me, I'm not a preacher. I'm not a preacher. I told her today, like, my God, preach it, preacher. (laughs) Here's the issue, ready? That man sitting there, by that gate, he didn't get what he wanted, but he got what he needed. (laughs) See, the problem is, we want to give people what they want, and not let the Holy Ghost help us give them what they need. Today, if you're here today, it's not my desire to give you what you want. Because if I give you what you want, it's only going to be replaced by another want. Because that's the thing with wants, right? It's only replaced with other wants. For example, you get those shoes you want. When you save up to buy them shoes. The only thing that replaces that one is a new one. So if I give you what you want, all I'm doing is putting a coin in your cup. Because eventually, probably within the next 24 hours, that coin is going to be spent. And you're going to need another coin. But he didn't get what he wanted. Because watch the expression the Bible tells us. The Bible gives us all the clues. We just got to read it. Peter and John said, verse 4. Look at us. Now, let's be honest, okay? I want you to get in your mind. Let's go back to the story real quick. I got about 10 minutes. We got hurried up here. Ready? Let's go back to the story, all right? Thousands of people, not 10, not 20, but thousands of people in and out of this gate all day. All day. You know how many people would just go by, not even look at them? Well, I'll give you a coin. I'll give you a coin. I'll give you a coin. But now... These two guys walk up in there, and they stop. And he's like, "Oh boy, it's about to get good." They're gonna bring out the big sack of coins. I know it. And they look at him and they say, "Look at us." He's like, oh, 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 good. "Well, it's gonna get good." He's gonna reach in his pocket. It's gonna be big. I mean, like a sack. And go back to scripture. What is that? Verse number five. Come on see, CJ, back there. The chapter uh, three, verse five. And he gave them his attention. Leave that up there. What? Now ready? Here's the word. Everybody say what that word is. Ex- expecting to receive something from them. What was he expecting to receive? He was expecting to receive what he always got. See, we all have expectations. Come on. Oh. Yeah. Expectation isn't the problem here today. Right. Because you've got expectation. The problem is what kind of expectation do you have?
1: Right.
0: Because a lot of us have expectation that things are just going to stay the same. That's expectation. Or we get spiritual. We got expectation that God's going to put a coin in us today so we can make it one more week. But very few, and even this little fella did not have expectation that what was about to happen in the next 30 seconds was going to change his life. Because when they say, look at us, he looked back and said, oh, I'll give you my attention because he was expecting to receive something from them. But he did not receive what he wanted. He was about to get what he needed. And they looked at him, verse number six, And they they broke it down and said silver and gold I do not have. Can we as a church stop trying to give people what we don't have? Can I stop for five seconds and talk to the church today? We can't out entertain Hollywood. We can't produce better things than what you can see in a theater. We can't out produce concerts that are selling out in arenas. We can't give people that kind of stuff. So why are we trying? We can't outsee them. And God knows I can't out-preach them. Or whoever stands in this pulpit, because that's not what God called us to do. And show me in the gospel for 2 seconds. Show me in the gospels or I mean I mean in the book of Acts where the church tried to outdo The other religions. You know, the Bible says, I think it's Acts chapter 7, right? No, no, probably Acts 11, because that was after Acts 12, probably somewhere now, 13. Probably Acts 13, because it's after Paul coming to the church and all that. There's a scripture in there that said um, uh, Peter and Paul were talking, and uh, Peter says to Paul, Look, we have to reach the world. Paul says, I know. Peter said, How are we going to do that? Paul said, Well, you see those pagan cathedrals? Let's do a building fund. We got to build bigger buildings than they got. Because that's the problem, Peter. We don't have big cathedrals. And the reason they're going to worship at these temples all the time is because we don't have a better facility to offer them. This whole street stuff, this whole outside house to house on the dirt path stuff, it don't cut it, Peter. We got to get buildings to compete with them. And Peter turned to him and said, unto the unction of the Holy Ghost, I speak therefore unto thee. Let us therefore... Strive to build the biggest cathedral ever known to man so we can fill God's glory with it. You're looking at me like I am a mule looking at a new gate. Come on, folks, this is not. That's how we, that's exactly, if we were trying to write the book of Acts, that's exactly what we'd be doing. There'd be a clause in there about how we're trying to outdo everybody. Oh, we don't have. We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight lights. Where did Adam go? He left me. I wonder how much it costs to get four more lights, because that's four extra coins of anointing we can throw in here. Because I've been to churches with about twenty-five lights, and we only have eight. We are way behind the progress. And I was telling somebody the other day, y'all have to come see us, because no church has hand-drawn art on display like we have back here we have a a, a a caption of americana from the 1950s that just takes you back on that nostalgic journey to the soda pop days and your 1957 chevy listening to elvis presley as you stroll down the i mean that's right that just brings you back what do, we have some stuff to offer See what I'm talking about? I'm trying to make, I'm trying to be a little funny because we can't fall into the trap that we're trying to offer better coins. Because here's the point. Go put that verse back up there, Brother CJ. Number six. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give to you know what today I got no coins in this pocket. I'm not I, I refuse anymore. I said this to the Lord. I feel like I feel like I'm gonna confess for you. I got about two minutes, I'm gonna take 15 of those minute seconds of this hundred and twenty to do a confession. I feel like I have allowed pressure. To draw me in to sometimes being a coin preacher. Can I help brother? Thank you, Brother Trombley. It's pressure. Because that's what our world wants. They want coins. And you want to shine up the coin. And so I'm digging in scripture, Brother Milton. Trying to find some Greek and Hebrew coins. Because I got to get better coins. And I got to be honest with you. There's no coin I can come up with. That will change you. Because there's no coins out there that can fill your cup enough to change you. But I tell you something today. There's a power that's able to reach down in your life where you don't need a coin. But silver and gold I don't have but what I have give I thee. We don't want to be a coin church. And you haven't come here today to get a coin. But what I tell you today, if you're in this place, you've got an opportunity to come in here lame, but to leave walking. You have an opportunity to come broken, but leave healed. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you don't need a coin. make sure they know what you're saying you don't need a coin stop looking for coins honey stop going to every place around stop going to church looking for a coin stop going to the internet looking for a coin stop going to your job and looking for a coin but somebody find the fact that there is a God who is able to speak in your life but here's the point Two things. Ready? This is for the church. Listen, real quick. Two things he needed. He needed somebody willing to speak into his life to change his expectation. Because he expected the same old. But he needed to know somebody else had a different expectation. And i got to be honest with you. Can I say this? And all of you know what I'm saying. I'll try to say cryptically because I don't want to mess anybody up. But I'll say cryptically. Sometimes Acts 2.38 is just another coin. True, Because we want to throw. But Acts 2.38, that's a gold silver. That's a gold one. That's a rare one. We throw the Acts 2.38 coin in there. Because that's what we. You don't need Acts 2.38 coin. When you can have the whole mint. Why do I want to give you a coin when God's offering you the whole mint and you can print your own coins? But he needs somebody that was speaking his life to change his expectation. And the second thing he needed was the Bible says, silver and gold, have we none such as I have? Give I thee, rise up and walk. And the Bible says that he reached down, grabbed him by the right hand and said, I'll help you. I'll help you. And look, watch this. Ready? I'm done with this. Ready? Watch this. This is how we want. Because we want it to look good. Silver and gold have I none. Such as I have. Give I thee, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's a look at me mentality. I mean, we're like shooting pew, 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 pew. So he can rise up like this, you know, like. And everyone, they don't look at him going, man, what a God. They look over and go, oh, my, that guy has, oh, that lady has power. Because you see, when I put my hand down here, I, I tell them, I don't have the power to change you. Or I'm not too good to get down with you in your mess. It's easy to touch people from a long way off when I can stay in my pristine world and I don't have to mess with their mess. But it's a whole nother thing, baby, when I'm willing to get down in their stink and their funk and their nastiness and say, listen, I'm with you. I'm not trying to be mean. We've all seen them. Those people sitting on the street in D.C. They don't smell so good. That fellow had been sitting there. He didn't take a bath every morning. But they weren't too good not to get down and touch him. And notice this. We want them to rise up. But notice this. They needed somebody to help. And as they pulled up, guess what? Now watch this. Ready? We read the scriptures. We fill in the blanks. But I want you to look at the story like it was written. For the first few milliseconds... The only way he was standing was because somebody was holding him. He wasn't standing because Jesus was all that. He was standing because someone loved him enough to hold him for a moment until he got his strength. But because somebody loved him enough to grab him and hold him, it gave God the opportunity to do a miracle. Because here's what I want to do. I want to go by, and I want to see that gate here. Acts two thirty-eight, rise and walk. Oh, it didn't happen. I'll see you next week. Oh, this week. Hey, good to see you again. I know it's been a rough flight. Acts two thirty-eight, rise and walk. Didn't happen again. I'll see you next time. I'm going to the temple. I got to pray because I got to stay saved. I know you're there, but I've got to stay saved. I got to get to the temple and pray. Oh, good to see you. I know you're hurt and I know you're messed up. Acts 2.38, rise and walk. Didn't work. I got to go pray. Oh, Jesus, you're so good. Help me be saved because God, I want to be your. I want to be. I want to be awesome in you. I leave going, boy, I feel power and anointing, and I'm fired up. Hey, good to see you. I'll get you next week. Rise and walk. Acts 2.38. No, it didn't work. Okay, see you. I got to go to work. Back next week. Good to see you. Acts 3.38. Rise and walk. It didn't work. Got to go, to go. Oh, God, you're so awesome. Nothing is impossible as long as it pertains to me. As long as it pertains to me. Oh, you can bless me all you want. I don't have time for anything else, but I'm here, Jesus. Mm. I'm telling you today, you have an opportunity in this room to put down that cup. Would you stand? Here's a choice. Now, look. Ready? Ready? Here we go. Now we're going to get a little in the, we're going to get up in some people's business for five seconds, but you know what? For all of our cup bearers, don't you got to be willing to get and let people up in your world if you're going to change. And for all of us that are walking, we got to be willing to get, but so let's put all that aside. We're almost done, but we got just a moment. Ready? I want you to look at that person and ask them, do you want to get rid of your cup today? Turn to somebody and find them. Let the Lord look around, ask them, do you want to get rid of that cup today? And I want you to take somebody by the hand in faith. Somebody by the hand in faith. And I want you to say, We're going to rise up and walk together. Grab them by the hand. I want you to come stand right down here. I know we don't usually do this, but we're going to do it today because God's going to do something in this place. Come on, we're going to leave some cups. We're, going to, we're, already, we're already physically standing so we, don't, we got that part fixed so instead of physically standing we're going to grab when we, when we pray we're going to grab somebody by the hand we're going to lift that hand not now we're going to lift that hand up but we lift that hand up we're going to close our eyes and we're going to begin to pray with everything in us because it's not by might not by power but by my spirit I don't have silver and gold and I'm not offering you a cup or some eloquent prayer oh great omnipotent holy God of heaven and earth I offer thee to thee another shiny coin it is power. That's why Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Because when you got power that can change lives, you shouldn't be ashamed of it. We're ashamed of what we have because we don't understand what we've got. We just think we're ashamed of our coin. You know what? I'm ashamed of our coin. Because we don't, I don't want a coin. I want power. There's power in this room. There's faith in this room. God's already done it twice. He's confirmed in this place twice today. There was two waves of the Holy Ghost that came in this place earlier today because God was doing something. This is the culmination. And I believe in just a moment, for those of you that would lift your voice up and begin to pray, there's going to be a power of God that sweeps off. And you might even know what your coin is today. But I believe God's going to begin to do things in your heart and life that will be revealed to you over time. If you believe that, would you just say amen? Amen. So we're going to pray. And I'm going to loose the power of the Holy Ghost, not because I am, but I'm just going to speak the word of faith. And I want you to grab that person by the hand you're holding, and I want you to lift it up in the air, and I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to give God every ounce of energy and faith you have for the next little bit that God would sweep in this place. By the authority of the word, by the power of the name of Jesus, I loose in this house, demonstration of spirit and power to fall in this place. i Find the spirit of alms and I loose power and demonstration to fall in this place in Jesus' name. Come on, begin to pray. Begin to pray and loose. Begin to pray with fervency and faith. Come on, you don't have to see it, but God's doing it. Put your cup down today. Put your cup down today. Put the cup down. Put your cup down. Put your cup down. Put your cup down. Put your cup down down and rise up! Put your cup down and get up. Put your cup down and rise up. Stop looking for another coin. And understand that God doesn't want to give you another coin today, but God wants to change you! Come on, don't just stop because you've done 30 seconds. Come on, God is moving. Let's not just get distracted because we did our normal token prayer. But I don't have silver and gold. But what I do have, I give to thee.
1: Hakatala La Bahaya Yandala la Bandala Bahaya Baha Yandala Boshata Bandariata Rise of faith, rise of
0: faith, rise of faith, rise of faith. I don't feel anything. He didn't feel anything either. But he still stood up. He didn't feel anything either. But he stood up. You don't have to feel. But stand with faith. come on just
1: find one more person
0: if you're done with that person just find one more person to pray with. God's not finished with you yet God's not finished He's working in this house he's working in this house God's working God's working God's working. God's working.
1: Hataboko sotori atabahaya. Hatabori ana lama bori ana lama rana lama bori ata la 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 bori ana lama bori ana bokori ata rara bahaya. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Ki katara la la manara na mahaye Ya bahai Halala morria na la mahaye Halala morria na la morria la In the name of Jesus In the name of Jesus In the name of Jesus In the name of Jesus
0: Come on, if you still, if you need to go, God bless you, but there's a few that are still praying. Can we be respectful for them? God is moving in this place. The power of God is moving in this place. The demonstration of the Holy Ghost is still in this place. Oh, some people are getting out that gate today. Some people are putting down their cup and getting out that gate.